with the rest of the week sitting in the mid-70s and the lows in the mid to low 50s. It's now 10.06 and time for the Saturday special with Michael Swirling. Griffin. Griffin Queener. Yes. May I ask you a personal question? As always. Is your head okay? Is my head okay? Yeah. Are there things um, in your head that you wish weren't there? Sure. Or aren't there things in there that you wish were there? Absolutely. Do you ever wish that you could understand what's in the rest of you? Because yeah. all the thoughts come from your head theoretically. Now, there may be some people where the thoughts come from other parts of their body besides the head. Well, that's incredible. I wish I could think with other parts of my body. Try. I don't even know how to. I don't either. <laughs> but anyhow, so, no, th this is going, I, I shouldn't make light of uh, what will be a very serious uh, oh, sub okay. subject today on the Saturday special. Um, one of my um, favorite people in the world is Roy Masters, and uh, he's been a guest many times talking mostly politics, you know, conservative politics. Okay. But that's not going to be the case today. In fact, uh, Roy will be on, uh, but he, he'll be on pre-recorded, you know, mm. for about a uh, few minutes here, 15, 14 minutes, something like that at the beginning of the program. Then we're going to use the rest of the program to talk about things that are not talked about very often uh, that I think people should talk about or, or think about if, and I, but who knows, we'll see. Okay. We'll see. It'll be a very, very interesting program for me. Hopefully it will be for you and even for Dave. Dave Michaels. Good morning, MZ. May I ask you the same personal question? Sure. Well, what, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. What is it? Uh, is your head okay? Uh, generally, yes. I would say it's okay, yes. Do you ever wish that you, there were things in your head or understandings about your inner self that you don't have that maybe your head could help you get. you know you know uh, 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 um one thought that i have that i wish i could stop having is when i drive through my neighborhood and i see people who are in really really bad shape and i don't mean physically just you know like fat or chubby or, or skinny i mean the guys who are obviously drug addicted living under the bridge and i feel bad for them and i wish that i wouldn't have to be near them which, which is kind of weird. And, and, and it's not from a, a, a place where uh, I just don't want to see the human trash. I just wish that I could be somewhere where I was the worst-case scenario. That would be great. If I was the worst-case scenario and, and every, everybody was doing better, that would be a fantastic world. Wow. But, um, what yeah. a thought. I have that thought all the time, and, and it's one that I'd, I'd rather not have. I'd rather just be able to drive by these people and not, not worry about them, but I do. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wish I could turn that off, but maybe that's not a good thing. That's probably a, probably is a good thing. Yeah, I, I would be proud of that but, thinking. Uh, yeah, you know. Well, I'd uh, rather get rid of that thought. You're, you're a good, good. <laughs> it's kind of a burden. Are you going to head out to the to the uh, Power of Flower Festival? Uh, yeah, that was a, that was going to be my my personal question for Griffin Queener at the head of next hour, but I'll ask it now. Uh, Griffin, Griffin Queener. May I ask you the second per personal question that yeah. would have normally be asked an hour from now? Sure, go for it. Do you like to get all loaded with cannabis and marijuana and everything, edibles and stuff? I mean, I don't like to get loaded with them. Occasionally, I will, um, you know, venture to have a puff of whatever. Uh, I definitely don't mess around with edibles after my first experience because that's terrifying. 
Um, you and I talked about that yeah, two or three yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. Well, I'm headed for the Power of Flower Festival, and I have a tiki in my hands that Rosie got me. Wonderful. It was so cool. Uh, and and uh, are you gonna get a lot of cannabis-based paraphernalia? I'm afraid. You're what? afraid? Well, because I told you the story that that you know. A friend gave me three delicious pieces of candy mm -hmm. recently. <laughs> you traveled through time, didn't you? you? You woke up in the future somewhere? It was so awful and so scary, and I thought I was having a stroke. But then I had forgotten that I had taken not one, but three pieces of the delicious candy. Were they chocolates? What were they? No, Gummies? they were hard candy, wow. and they tasted really good. And the last thing I remember was that the guy told me, I said, I'm real sensitive, because I knew it was infused. Mm. Uh, and he, he said, I said, I'm real sensitive. And he said, that didn't matter because um, there was a very small amount of, of THC, Good. tetrahydrocannabinol, in, in these candies. So that's what I remembered. So I figured it tasted so good, the first one, that I figured, oh, what the hell, I'll have the second and the third, which was all of them. Mm -hmm. And then I forgot about it. And then I was watching TV. And then I thought I was having a stroke. Well, you know, and then I remembered afterwards, wait a minute, it's just those candies that I took, and it'll, right. this will Good. pass. Good. But then I did a whole program with Griffin Queener about or, or a good part of the program. I said, I don't understand why people get high because it's, it scared the bleep out of me. It really, and it's not comfortable. It's just not. Why do so many people do it? I mean, are their lives so horrible they have to escape? I, you, I, I just don't are know. Are you going to ask that question to people out there at the cannabis thing? I'm the, afraid to. You should. I think, I think a lot of them would love to answer that for you. I think that would be a great question to ask those guys. You don't Say, think hey, stoner, wake up. You don't think it would be like, um, like wearing the MAGA hat in San Francisco no. at the restaurant? No, 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 no. They're too stoned to, to care about fighting. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> <laughs> they'll sit there and answer your question. They'll think it's deep. And, you, and it's, you could be right. Yeah, they'll, they'll have fun with that question. Those are, those are good people. Generally, you're not going to find I don't think you'll there. give me bad uh, advice, Dave, Dave right. uh, Michael. So, so you're here yes. in your normal capacity yes. as proprietor of the Dave Cave. I'm out there in the Dave Cave. I would love to see you out there. If you show up today, I will give you a free catalog. You can shop from home, order anything you want, get it shipped to your house. Were right there, to your doorstep. Were, were there people who came at the wrong time for your deal? Do you want to reward those people or do you want to punish those people? I think we will charge them triple. Okay. Yeah. All right. Head on down to the Dave Cave. Same deal applies today as, as did all week. Show up. Uh, and uh, that's, that's a wonderful deal. It is a wonderful deal. Stop by the Dave Cave. Pick up some free stuff. Pick up some information. We've got it all for you there at the Dave Cave. Okay, okay, very good. All right, MZ. Now, do you know what I just realized we need to do? I'll bet you thought I was going to forget. I'll bet Griffin Queener thought we were going to forget, right? But here we go. Three, two, one. Good morning. A brighter day is here. Good morning. May we bring you cheer. We've got time. We've got tunes. We've got time, tunes, and temperature. Get up and go, it's today you know on KSCO Radio. I have a sneaking suspicion that our audience is larger than normal today because of the promo that's been running. And maybe not. Maybe people don't care about this like I think they should. 
The world would be a better place if people would be more introspective and would want to learn about what makes them tick and how to have a better life and all that. But we'll see. We'll see what happens here. Good morning. Now stay right here on KSCO Radio. Okay, go. More than 20 years ago, my good friends Andy and Phyllis Anderson told me about an amazing, tough love individual who had made an enormous positive impact on their lives and on many others, and soon after, on me, big time. Roy Masters is probably the longest-running talk radio host of all time, and believe me, there is no one like him when it comes to understanding humans, their failings, and their needs. He has written many books on topics such as How Your Mind Can Keep You Well, how to conquer negative emotions, and other fascinating subjects that nobody else apparently understands. Roy is 91 now and is facing some health issues and is recovering from a concussion. But he is still the Wizard of Oz, though, trust me. Please join Roy, Andy, Phyllis, and me for a very personal Saturday special, unlike any you have ever heard before. This Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon, right here on CY, all of us are proud to be Roy Bots Radio, 104.1 FM and AM 1080K. KFCO. Okay, um, we're going to start the program with um, the um, telephone interview. Roy, Roy is not with us today. He had something else that's more pressing. Uh, but we did get to have a pre-recorded uh, short interview with him, uh, uh, Andy and Phyllis Anderson and I, uh, on um, for either Thursday or Friday, whenever it was. I think it was Thursday. Um and uh, I'm going to play that. It's about 14 minutes long. We'll open the show with that, and then we'll bring Andy and Phyllis on live to talk with uh, me and you and Griffin Queener and uh, anybody else who cares to join the program and add their perspective or just plain listen. But anyhow, here is the uh, program. Uh, here's had the a uh, wonderful conversation, Andy and Phyllis and Roy, the other day, during which Andy shared how you came into his life, Roy, uh, at just the perfect time where he needed some help. Mm -hmm. And that was on the radio. He just, I don't, I don't know how he happened to be hearing you. Why don't you tell the story, Andy? Well, it's quite, it's quite something. Um... I was introduced to Roy in, in 1975. I was 31 years of age. Um, I was in a pretty rough spot. I was broke. I wasn't working. I couldn't pay my child support. I couldn't pay my rent. And uh, just I'm in a real spot, and I always pretty much convinced myself that I'm perfectly capable of getting out of any kind of a diff difficult situation. And um, then I'm driving down. I'm only bringing this out because you're over. You're in California, and uh, I lived in Mountain View, right at Highway 85, where Sunnyvale and, and Mountain View are connected by uh, highway 85 and i'm driving home on highway 85 and uh, lamenting my circumstance and i'm, I'm thinking this through what am i going to do what am i going to do and then this this thought came to me that said well if you're so smart why are you in so much trouble and when i heard that it was me but it was more than me there it was it came from a different source very interesting 
and when and with that in mind, um, I realized that there's something that's in me that isn't me, and and that I listen to it because I think it's me, but it it isn't me. I have to tell you this also, if I may add to this. <laughs> when I was a little boy, uh, used to, we used to play in the backyard, and we played in the mud, and we built towns and roads, and and we just as kids, you know, we just had a great time. And I never once. I never once said, I can't wait to grow up and fail. I never said that. At 31 years of age, I'm just a failure. And when I realized all that, I had a wonderful, wonderful cry. I cried not because I felt sorry for myself. I was crying because I realized I need help. I need spiritual help. And then the thought came to me, if this is true, that there's something in me that isn't me, where did it come from? And it was with that insight, and that's a great expression, an insight, that that was original, original sin. And it, I got it from my father, who got it from his father. I had an understanding of that beyond being intellectual. So anyway, I'm still, I'm still in tears, and I'm driving, and I decided to dial the radio up a little bit. And, and, uh, I, and I, the next thing I know, I come across this man speaking with a nice English accent, and, and I was very attracted to it immediately. And uh, it turns out this guy named Roy, <laughs> Roy Masters, and he was on KEST at 1450 on the dial in uh, San Francisco. And, and, and Roy Matt, this guy was speaking to me. He was talking about the very things that I was having trouble with and talking about why I was having trouble. And then um, what happened was that he was only, I, he, Roy, you were on, I think, between 12, uh, noon and uh, 12 or 1 and 1 to 2, something like that. And then you went off the air, and I just, I was just panicked. I, my God, who is this? This is what, this is what I'm looking for. So I couldn't wait for the next day to, to dial you up again, <laughs> which I did. And I listened to you, and it was just absolutely wonderful. And you talked about meditation and the importance of it, and this is what you teach people. And I, I, I set off for it, and um, I, think, I think I mentioned this to you the other day, and I'm going to send you a video of this, Roy. I have the original records, the 233 <laughs> the, the third records. And uh, when I got those, I just couldn't wait to listen to it. And it started out with, you're about to enjoy the most wonderful experience of your life. Boy, did that prove to be true. So with that in mind, those situations, I was working, it was, and I mean within almost hours, that all changed. Once I began to meditate, everything just fell into place. I didn't have to do anything. The main thing wasn't to worry, not to be frightened or anything. Just sit still, be quiet, just let God take over. It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. True story, true story. And my life has been that way ever since. Andy, are you saying you learned about how important it was to meditate from listening to Roy on the radio? Absolutely correct, because that's but part of what Roy wants everybody to do is to learn how to discover from within, and that's what meditation is. In other words, all of our authorities, for the most part, are always from the outside in, teachers and, you know, what have you. But Roy said right up front, these are the kinds of things that which has made so much sense to me, that you need to discover from the inside out. Just because Roy or anybody says something truthful, you really need to confirm it for yourself. All right, so, I, I have a question for you. Please. While you were concerned that, that you needed help, you said you needed spiritual help. I knew it. How did you know that, that it was spiritual help that you needed and not physical help or some other kind of help? Well, in, it, it sounds we, like we, you must have already had some spiritual tendencies, oh, <laughs> right? That's a great question, and, and, and the answer to it is I certainly sought out a lot of intellectual help, and, uh, I, and I had things like this happening to me. I, I remember when I was in college, and I, it was hard for me to admit to anybody that I really needed help, and 
I remember, uh, I remember going to one of my teachers who was a psychologist, and I was kind of not pouring my heart out, but saying, I really need some help. And I remember that, and I sort of told this teacher, uh, professor, um, what, what was going on, and he looked at me, and he said, well, uh, this is not the kind of thing we're interested in. And boy, that bruised me. Boy, that, I mean, I just, I just got slapped and told to leave. And so I was very cautious, but I had been seeking. Uh, I, I remember I went to the Church of Scientology one time, which I thought was fascinating. I went to the Catholic Church, the Episcopalian Church, the Baptist Church, the Church of Non-Instrumental, which, which by the way, actually probably was closer to the Quakers. I mean, I, so I had been yearning. It's true. It's true. But boy, the minute I heard Roy, I, I just, he was speaking to me. Okay, Roy, uh, that was 1976 that I think Andy reported uh, that he had this experience and he discovered you by chance on the radio. Yeah. How long had you been doing what you did for Andy on the radio? And yeah. how did that happen? How, how some, Something must have happened early on in your life that led you to... Th- to believe that you can help others spiritually and get to getting to know themselves from within. What happened? Tell, tell us about how that happened in your yes. life. Yes. Give us give us some of your background. Not 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 everybody. Not too many people. I can't think of anybody else uh, that I know who has gone into uh, uh, who's made his whole life uh, helping other people in this specific way, okay? I know there are psychologists and I know there are psychiatrists who make their living that way. You're not that way at all. You, you, your information is from your heart and from your experience. I'm asking you specifically, when and how did you decide that you wanted to help people learn about themselves from within? I... It was somewhere in the war. My father sent me to a place that was safe. And I didn't want to be in that place that was safe. I wanted to do what I was supposed to do. And so my father died. And I decided not to go into, not to have any problems with anybody I want, I don't want to learn this. I don't want to learn that. I want to find out for myself. And so it began. And so in the, in the, in the strange beginning is I was 18. And when I was 18, I had to go in the army. And I was in the, in the military for two years. And to to speak about that is very difficult because I'm Jewish and still am Jewish and I believe in Jesus, believe it or not. But when I... Excuse me, Roy, when you say you believe in Jesus, does that mean you believe that he is God, that Jesus is God or he he is the son of God? God is the son of God. Well, I think every isn't it true that just about everybody believes in Jesus in the sense that they they believe that he existed. Yes, he does. He existed as the extension. He he's the son of God. He's not God. It's it's obvious. It's clear. You haven't been doing doing your obviousness. It's clear. Uh, but let me get back to the army and the the. Uh, 
the years, the two years I was in there, I had lots of troubles because I was Jewish and they didn't like Jews. They didn't like it. And I had to fight my way. But it wasn't fight. All of a sudden, something inside glowed. And no matter what a person, listen carefully, you may not believe it, but this is 10,000 men, and I'm only 18. And I go into the, where I sleep, and they want to hurt me. Every one of them wants to hurt me. And so the first person that wanted to hurt me, I hate to put it this way, but I was calm. I, and the word, here is the word, calm. And my whole life, calm. Don't be angry. Don't get upset. Calm. But where's the calm come from? It doesn't come from this world. It came from within me. And I saw, wow. Nobody at that point in the 10,000 men that was there, no one could beat me. No one could fight me. No one could hurt me. That is real. That's the beginning of my life. How is it I could do all this to strong, powerful, 250-pounders, and they, they don't know what they're doing? And even the... Yeah, I, it's, it's awful to be able to go back again like this. I hope it's, it's the beginning of my life. Something within me and gave me... Uh, how can I say it? Something within me gave me a warmth, uh, a calmness, a faint calmness that was it cannot be overcome, cannot be overcome, no matter what. But where I've ever been, nobody was able to overcome me, and I could share hundreds of different things over the years, but you won't want to have that now. I was only talking when I was 18 years old, and I bet in that place where that, all that was going, I learned how to stay calm and allow my something within me flow through me. This is the secret. I can spend a lot of time on the radio because from there I was only 18 to 20 and all the things and all the soldiers, no one could hurt me. I was just an ordinary weak person, not strong. And I am, I think I'm 135 now. I'm a small person. Nobody could overcome me. And when I looked them in the face, they ran away. I can share this with my audience because it became more powerful and more powerful and more powerful and nobody could ever touch me. The only thing I can do is touch them. And the bad guys don't know what to do with me and the good people love me. That's all I want to say for this time being, if you don't mind. Okay, that's fine. Um, 
So you overcame a situation where people were mistreating you or wanting to hurt you. And I, I'm not sure I understand that, but I, I do understand that if that is uh, happening to somebody, that it, it's wonderful to have a solution and know how to deal with it. So clearly that occurred to you from within or however, and I think you wanted to share that with other people. And I do, yeah. I could show them I can bring them to the same state that came to me and I well, the, the cell phone is, is getting so distorted that, yeah, that's what happens with cell phones. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it started out pretty uh, under, under understandable um, and audible, but uh, deteriorated. So, um, anyhow, you get the gist of what Roy is, is all about, right, Griffin Queener? Um, and it's, it's pretty heavy stuff, but pretty fascinating and valuable stuff. Two. Uh, so with that, uh, let's bring on uh, Andy and Phyllis, um, who introduced me to Roy many years ago. Uh, and let's lock them in. How are you guys? Did you uh, did you relive that that little experience from a day or two ago? Yeah, we sure did. And good morning. How you doing? Just right. And is Phyllis there? You Phyllis? Good morning. <laughs> there she is. Are you just right as well? Of course. I don't think I've ever asked you guys how you're how you do how are you or how you doing without the answer being just right. It just just shows a, a whole such a positive attitude that you've adopted in your lives. So I probably shouldn't even ask you how you are anymore because I know the answer. Right? So Well that that, that <laughs> might it's be a courteous true. thing to do anyhow. Well, so. The thing is that, uh, one, I think it's very nice of you to have that sentiment, but, but we also equally, if we're at the market or the store or the restaurant, whatever, commonly with people, how are you guys doing? And our response is, we're just right. And people, their head will pop up and their eyes get big, you know, and they go, wow, I, re I really like that. And, and, and there's more to it um, when you understand that, that it's being perfectly centered, you, you don't want to be too high, and you don't want to be too low. You want to be just right. And there's no anxiety. There isn't any fear. I mean, you're, you're just, things are just right. I'll drink to that. Yeah. Yeah, and and you have been my psychiatrist over the years, Andy. You've been a good friend. Uh, and, and you too, Phyllis, you know, because you, you um, have picked up uh, a lot of, I mean, you're a big Roy you know, supporter and and uh, re you respect him. Uh, and uh, even so, even though over the years, every time, just about every time we've had Roy on the Saturday special, it's been to talk about political, uh, con you know, things about the current state of uh, politics in the in the United States and the world, and it tends to get uh, contentious. There are some other times that we have touched upon things that Roy strongly believes and I think you guys share in those beliefs or understand um, that 
is controversial, <laughs> you know, about the role of men and roles of men and women and so forth or yeah, for yeah. Har harmonious uh, living. Right. Uh, so but but the whole idea about getting through life, not letting things upset you and taking things in stride and being calm and being non resentful and just being on guard for for those natural uh, tendencies to take over and consume you and, and and drown you. That's what Roy is all about. Um, uh, by the way, anybody wants to call in uh, and, and add something, just keep it to the subject. I don't want to get this to be political, though, please. 831-479-1080, or you can email mz at ksco.com. Uh, our guests today are my good friends Andy and Phyllis Anderson. They live in uh, Vegas, used to live here. That's how we became acquainted. Um, and uh, we're, we're, we're talking about uh, getting through life with the right attitude and understanding yourself from within. Now, we already have a caller uh, who is another friend of mine. It's none other than Mrs. Butterworth. Hi, Mrs. Butterworth. How are you? Well, good morning. I'm, I'm very well. I, was, I, was, I pulled over because I heard the topic and I wanted to chime in if I could. Please. That's great. Yeah. So um, you're, you're talking about the kind of the ability of an individual to access resources that help sustain a quality of life. Is that pretty much it? Yeah. And Roy Masters, I, I, I've known of him for a long time, but I don't really necessarily want to get into the pieces of his work in detail. But I just wanted to share with you, and I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, before and the that that I follow Stoic philosophy, the ancient philosophy of Stoicism, that was really espoused by the Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius, and I think um, if I could share a little bit about that and how that helped me get through some of the difficulties, you know, real difficulties of life that I face regularly. Um, I think it might be helpful to other people. I usually I don't tend to share with people my my own personal philosophy, especially because stoicism has sort of a um, you know there's misunderstanding about what it really is. But I think in this context it might be helpful. So may, can may I, go I for that? before absolutely, uh, 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 Mrs. Butterworth, Lori is actually Lori Butterworth, <laughs> yeah. and may, may I share with the audience you know who you are in case people don't know some a lot of people don't sure. know and so, okay yeah. I've known yeah. I've known Lori Butterworth for you know almost since I got the radio station that, and that's that's pretty close to thirty years now it's like well a little under twenty nine years um, and uh, you, you uh, Lori's a former uh, high school teacher who um, had an idea to go and create an organization uh, named Jacob's Heart which is a godsend to people with uh, probably the worst tragedy that, you know, couldn't happen, and that's hearing the words, your child has cancer. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jacob's Heart is the name of uh, Lori's organization that she's the executive director of, and um, she has made a lot of, uh, had a tremendous positive impact on, on lives that have been devastated. Uh, through um, her her work in this in this wonderful organization, and it's it's certainly one of my favorite uh, organizations uh -huh. to support, and I would support. I, I would you know, 
I, I would urge others to do that. I mean, <laughs> that's sort of a real personal thing here, but but anyhow, that's my introduction of uh, Lori, and I'm ha I'm so happy you called. So go ahead, Lori. What were you going to say? Yeah, and uh, so and I do want to say um, one of the um, tenets of a happy life, which is what we're talking about. I don't even like to word to like the to use the word happy, but a meaningful life is the expression of generosity, like you have done with Jacob's heart, and the expression of gratitude, which I I'm I think I'm. Um, you know, constantly reminding myself of the importance of that connection between generous acts and gratitude. But, um, but I wanted to share with you what has what I discovered. Um, I we've talked before, but that I'm an ancient philosophy nerd, and I like to read the ancient texts of Socrates and Plato, Aristotle. Um, I particularly like Aristotle for a variety of reasons. Um, but I came across from the extension of the Hellenistic philosophies, I came across Stoicism, which was started back in ancient Greece by Zeno, and this, um, and then and then picked up um, by the Roman emperor Marcus Aurelius. And Marcus Aurelius, if you think about a man who had all of the power, anything, all of the money in the known world at the time, and if you're looking at at ancient Rome, right, he had everything. And he lived his life by, he learned to live his life through a set of philosophical principles, the most important of which is the distinction of the dichotomy of control. And that is the ability on a daily basis, on a, I do it on a momentary basis, to d distinguish what is within your control and what is not within your control. And to take full-on responsibility and go go deep and, and courageously uh, uh, to the things that are in your control and to let go of the things that are not. And I think as far as, like you mentioned about my work with Jacob's Heart and my work with families who are going through the absolute most unimaginable tragic tragedy, it's a, it's, a, it's a journey that no one should ever have to bear. But the ability to take full control over what is in one's control and what is not in one's control that helps in the, in the moments of life. And, I, and, and you think about how that philosophical framework has, you know, woven its way into so many of the modern philosophies that we have now. I think about Byron Katie. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but her work on, like, the work. And it's really, she had a, she had a, an, a, she called it a spiritual epiphany, but just an epiphany once she realized that she was trying to control things that really weren't in the realm of her ability and that there's no way, there's certain things you just can't change. And then it goes into the, the whole 12-step um, programs around, um, you know, the serenity prayer of whether you believe in God or not. So it doesn't matter if you believe in God or not. That's kind of irrelevant. But it's just, um, it's the, the ability to accept the things, the wisdom to accept the things you can't change. You know, accept it and to be able to, the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah, and, and, that, and, to, and, and to react, um, you know, properly uh, so that you don't hurt yourself. And so that that's like what Roy was saying, calm, you know. Calm, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's it's my my parents used to tell me it's not what happens to you it's it's how you react to things that happen to you that is really Absolutely. really really okay. important and that's what you're saying too here now yeah 
Yeah, and we've talked before. I know you met Andrew Perez, who's one of the um, Jacob's Heart kids, the the boy that had bone cancer and is now going off to do these wonderful things with his life. I mean, really using his his experience to make a difference. You look at, um, at someone who's gone through trauma. Okay, but now going through cancer treatment as a as a early teen or a child is is trauma, and it's also trauma for the parents as well. So we see in so many people PTSD, right? So so the reaction that one of the you know um, results of trauma is PTSD. But we've also we also see post traumatic growth, and that's when you look at people like Viktor Frankl, um, and and the kids the kids that I've known at Jacob's Heart where they have gone through trauma and somehow there's something that happens in certain people that they become better people after a trauma than they would have been before. And that's what Andrew and and all these teens that we're working with at Jacob's Heart, I'm seeing these teens become better, deeper, more generous, more um, compassionate, more thoughtful individuals than they would have been and in some ways happier individuals than they would have been without their trauma of cancer. And you ask yourself, you scratch yourself on the head and you say, what is that? You know, what really, what, what can we do as supporters and, and peop, other people who are around people like that who are going through trauma? And the number one, I found this really interesting, the number one intervention that works in terms of, you know, the, of someone moving from post-traumatic stress disorder to post-traumatic growth is social support. And it's the people around that person. And that's what, that's what we've seen. With Absolutely. The that's apart. important, yeah. but that is so different from what the, the subject of this program is. It's support from, from within. That's, within. that's the message that I want to get across to our audience today. What you're saying is very, very important, and, 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 I, and I've found it to be true, too. Fortune, misfortune, difficult to tell is one of my favorite expressions. What could be more unfortunate than, than getting cancer or, or learning that your kid has cancer? I, I can't think of anything. And yet... What you just said, you know, are things that you've abs- abs- actually observed in life. I mean, things yeah, that are horribly and I, and I, negative things can turn in can can make you a better person if if you're lucky enough to get through it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, what I what, there seems to be a, a contradiction there between the external um, social support and the internal, and I don't, and there really isn't. I want to clear that up. Um, because, uh, you know, we're talking today on the show about, you know, internally, you know, the, in, the, the, the efforts within the individual, because that's really the only place we know that you can find that sense of, of purpose and contentment. It does not come from external. Roy Masters made that very clear, and many philosophers have made that clear, especially in the philosophy of Stoicism. But it's not exclusive, you know, and, and so... So we, we don't want to go, it's, it's not either one or the other, it's both. And they're sure. both okay. absolutely Fine. essential. Right? That's great. By the Make way, sense. Andy and Phyllis are still on. And you oh, feel, sorry. <laughs> feel, feel free. I, I, <laughs> I didn't want to, you know, they're the guests today, right? <laughs> and, and you yeah. are, I love it that you called in and we want other people to call in. But, but I really want to ke- sort of steer the program in the direction of you know what what Andy and Phyllis and I are are pretty much on the same wavelength about and that and that's 
uh, um, how can I say this? I'm so happy that you called, and I agree with everything you said. And it's okay, it's but, definitely but, a component. But I want it, people to be intro. I want people to be introspective, and um, y you know, uh, what am I trying to say? Help me, Andy hey, and Phyllis. Michael? Help me, help me. There's Phyllis. Michael. Hi, Phyllis. You haven't said anything on <laughs> the show. Michael, I'd like to jump in. Uh, I, f I find the discussion of trauma is especially pertinent to what we're talking about. And we all go through many, many traumas. And getting back to the meditation for a second, and uh, Roy, he didn't even always call it a meditation. That, has, that can be a loaded term. There are many different kinds of meditation. But what this is, it's an observation exercise. And it sounds so deceptively simple to say that when you practice a simple observation exercise, that it will make a profound change in your life. What it does affect is the response to trauma, the internal response. And one mm -hmm. of my favorite things that Roy, I heard him say uh, once, and it always stuck in my head, was, don't get mad, say something. Don't get mad say nothing. Don't get mad. Do something. Don't get mad. Do nothing. Mm -hmm. Are we still all here? <laughs> can I? I, 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 I want to for everybody. Uh, I'm just... I, I'm still on. Can I, can I add something to that about meditation? Please. Okay. <laughs> so, um, if I, and it's, it's, it's the way the Stoics meditate, which might be helpful if you want to hear it. I'm not trying to steer the conversation away from it's, it is related. I promise. Okay. Go. Be with me. Okay. Yeah, go, go. So, okay. So one of the, um, one of the um, practices of Stoic meditation is, is it seems a little bit morbid and it's a little tough to get our hands around at the, at, at the beginning, but it's to imagine the worst to take yourself into the worst outcome that could possibly be. I don't know if Roy d did that too, but you, you take yourself and you look at, you, you take yourself in a bird's eye view of situations and you see yourself working within the worst outcome you can imagine. And you see yourself triumphantly getting through it emotionally and surviving the worst. And then when you start the day, we do that as we start the day. You start the day imagining the worst outcomes that could possibly come. And everything for the rest of the day that doesn't happen within that worst case scenario framework, you're grateful for. It's amazing how that works. Uh, well, okay. So um, that's sort of akin to expecting not much and being pleasantly surprised when something good happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, good. All righty. So, so uh, thank you, Mrs. Butterworth. It was always nice. Yeah. It's always nice to hear from you. And my hats off to what you continue to do with that amazing organization of yours well, that I wish you. would be replicated all over the country and the world. That's I do I too. I do too. Maybe with your help and the help of the listeners, we can do that because we know we're we're local. We're and um, you know we serve families here, and and it would be wonderful if every family of a child with cancer or family bereaved by the loss of the child would have something like this and, yeah. and we're, that's the goal and anyway I, I think that this discussion is so important and I think that um, you know 
uh, more content, more introspective people make for a better society. And like I said before, they're inter interlocked. And um, if we can, if you can see this, you're going to see a lot of change that the arguing over politics doesn't get the result of like this. With, exactly. With, like, this yeah. And, and, and I know there will be the tendency to, to steer it politically, but I don't want that. And I'm going to step right. in. I'm going to step Good. in on this show Good. for sure. Thank you, Laurie. Nice Good. to hear from okay, you. Thanks. Okay, thanks. And thanks, and I'll, I'll keep listening. Okay, okay good. Bye-bye. Andrew. Bye. Andrew Anderson and Phyllis Anderson. Okay. Hi there. Hi there. <laughs> Hi there. Hi there. <laughs> I, I actually, uh, I was really enjoying her thoughts, and if I could have a few moments. Um, in particular, I like what Phyllis was saying, this term of, of meditation. And uh, what Roy had sort of brought back from the early church and the synagogues was that the, the church fathers and the fathers of the Jewish fathers of the, years ago actually taught this very type of a meditation. And I, I want to go into some detail here because it's necessary. It's, it's, it's not most, it's a meditation and, and here's the actual technique. It's, it's really just as simple. But um, you, when, you, when you sit quietly and you close your eyes, and you, there is something called your mind's eye. And, you, and, and most people have experienced that. You just, you, your eyes are closed, and you simply look through your eyes. You don't look up. You just look. And at the same time, what you do is that you become aware of your right hand. And that simultaneously, while you're looking through your mind's eye, you're aware of your hand at the same time. The importance of the meditation of this is to get you out of your imagination. Your imagination is the closest place to hell on earth. And if you add anger and hostility to your imagination, it makes people do terrible things, often to other people. Anger and hatred. Um, and the meditation technique helps you to become conscious of your own thinking. And if you if you get lost in your in your in your imagination, if you're conscious, you won't you won't stay there. You'll you'll immediately come right out of it. You you don't want to be lost in your imagination. Most people don't realize if they were conscious of what they think about every day, their thoughts will almost always be with regards to the future or the past. For instance, uh, uh, Lori made a comment about post-traumatic stress disorder which is, is caused first by trauma, horrible traumas. And it could be just a family illness. It could be if you're a combat, a traffic accident. It doesn't matter. They're all traumatic. And post-traumatic stress disorder is simply the past becoming back into the present. Playing words, over and over and yeah. over again. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly correct. And it's so traumatic. And... Uh, as a matter of fact, well, I, boy, this just popped into my head because I kind of forgot about it. Roy put together a meditation technique for for post-traumatic stress disorder, in particular for the soldiers of uh, Iraq and Iran and all, you know all that uh, Afghanistan to free them from the trauma. That's what's so important here, and was actually authorized and still is authorized by the I think it's the Army Department or the Department of the Army. They actually authorized this meditation. And what the meditation allows you to do is to be able to thumb back and get to those traumas in such a way that they don't get you. 
In other words, you just observe them. You, 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 you have to be able to see the nightmare that you were subject to. And what happens is you, you, don't get at, you don't get angry at it. In other words, that whole process is to be objective to what's actually inside you. That's what trauma is. Trauma is, is what's inside your soul, is inside your head. But there's a way to become objective to it. So you see it because it's the truth. That trauma is in you. But what happens when you put your mind in the present moment, you are in the presence of God because God is timeless. And if you're not living in your imagination and you're thinking about the future and you're worried about the past, you say you're not in the present moment. You're off to the future. Wait a you're thinking about the past and worrying about the future, I think, is but, what you mean, right? It, well, I may have had – the point of it is, is uh, you can worry about the future or, or dwell in the past. Might okay. be a better choice of yeah, words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with, anyway, the whole point of the meditation is so simple. It's, it's, not hypno, hyp, it's not hypnotic. There are some of the meditations, transcendental, some of these other things, they have you focus on a sound or a series of words, things like that. But it's also very hypnotic. The most important thing is to get out of your imagination. Now, there's a place for your imagination. You have to understand, if you're going to design an automobile or something, you know, you, you want to use your imagination. You know, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about being lost, hypnotically lost in your mind. And I pointed out to you the other day when we were just in Reno with you, um, if, if, and everybody can re, uh, um, re, remind that's the wrong word I want, have you ever been driving down the highway and then realized you don't know where you've been for the last 20 miles? And it's just commonplace. We've all done it. And the, another example of that is, is uh, have you ever been uh, in a restaurant, let's say, uh, and you're having a conversation with someone and someone is talking to you and you're not in your head in agreement and you haven't heard a word they said? That's the hypnotic state that people are in most of the time. That's why when you have accidents and cars and things like that, because you're not conscious. And this meditation is, makes you conscious more so than you normally are. And then what happens over time, you begin to discover self-control, self-mastery, where if you see yourself beginning to get angry or resentful <laughs> over something, you catch it in the moment and it, so it doesn't develop. Now, what happens to people if they don't have any capacity or any self-control or self-mastery at all? They, let's just, I'm going to make stuff up here. So you, you have a terrible argument with someone. could be your wife or your husband. You have a terrible argument, pretty angry stuff. Then what happens is when you've reacted that strongly, you're going to be uncomfortable afterwards. In other words, you're going to feel kind of guilty. You know, that's just, it's, and, and that, of course, actually is a consciousness that lets you know that you stepped out of line. Now, what happens with people, though, is they, they, they have the argument and they, they don't want to face the guilty of it. And, and by the way, there's another side of this guilt thing. Often people will, will make up. Let's just say the other person was the one who wronged you, but you're so angry that you feel guilty. But because you feel guilty, you want to get rid of your guilt, so you make up as if you were the one that was wrong. It, it, you, does, does that make sense? In other words, you feel really, really uncomfortable, but you're, you're not the guilty party. But you, you feel so bad about being guilty, you, you give in, and, and, you'll, and, and that lets that other person off the hook. Now, what happens if you don't face your guilt properly and you, you don't deal with it? It turns into anxiety. That's why we have so many drugs and stuff for people. They don't know how to handle their anger. 
And then if you don't handle the guilt, or you discomfort. don't handle it. Yeah, or discomfort. If you, yeah, if you don't handle the guilt properly, then it becomes anxiety, and then it becomes fear. Andy, we fear. have a caller, Ted from Salinas. I don't want to interrupt you when you're on a roll, but is this a well, good time okay. to bring him to bring him on to bring Ted yeah, on? Yeah, sure. Ted, I don't. It says hit or miss, and I'm not sure I know what that means. But uh, Ted, welcome to KSCO with Andy and Phyllis and MZ. You're on. Yeah, thank, thank you, thank you. Listening to the show, hope I'm coming in clear. Um, yeah, I'm kind of more on inclined to to put my age and experience, and then to look at the, the surroundings that I live in here all my life, California. Nothing's getting cheaper. Everything's going up. There's a lot of pressure that way. Uh, rents increasing here where I'm at, and I'm to the point where what I have saved, which ain't much, I'm tempted to to like go for it. And uh, to the point where I'm going to try to flip, buy something, and try to, like, double it or triple it if it's a good thing. And it's like that's the only way I can feasibly stay keeping up with the pace because as an older dude, my check is slashed in half because the kids that emancipated 25 years ago and I'm still paying child support and things like that, I don't make a lot where I work. So it's difficult, but you got to make a decision. And I'm more on the positive uh, thought, I think, I uh, think to go that route than to, you know, try to go underground and do something stupid. What do you guys good. think about that? Well, I think it's a good thing. Who would say it's not a good thing? <laughs> I can't think of anybody. Uh, well, I, should, I appreciate that because sometimes you got to – I mean, I've, I've come to the point where I'm going to try to do something here. It worked in the past once. I'm going to try it again. And uh, I'm just hoping I'm on the same page with the new Internet and stuff. You know, it's really easy to put stuff for sale and do stuff like that. So it's like maybe this is worth a chance. I'm going to try it. And maybe in a couple of weeks I'll call you back and let you guys know how it went. Good. Well, happy you called, uh, 479-1080. And all the best to you, uh, Ted, in Salinas. Um, you know, we've got about 30 seconds left uh, till the news uh, uh, chomps us uh, at the top of the hour here. But we do have uh, a whole other hour ahead of us, right up until noontime here on uh, your favorite radio station. We do have Andy and Phyllis Anderson uh, on the live line from uh, Vegas. And we have you listening. And if you want to continue listening, that's great. It is 68 degrees out right now. We're going to see a high of 72 today and a low 56 this evening with the rest of the week sitting in the mid-70s. It's now 11.06 and time to return to the Saturday special. Now may I ask you another, yet another a third? personal, a personal I don't know. question. All right, go oh, for it. Okay. Do you have resentment about anything or anybody? Um, I don't think so. I think I've done a fairly good job of not committing to resenting anything. Good. I think that's going to be a major topic of our number two of the Saturday special. Mm. The power, the negative power, it's not a positive power, of resentment. Okay? So uh, buckle your seatbelt. Oh, hello, darling. I hate to hang up on you, but...
Now, if you think about it, which I invite you to do, you'll probably realize and agree that resentment is the cause of everything negative. I'm sorry, baby, but I really gotta go to KSEO Radio. Bye. Do you agree with what I just said during the musical Donut, Andy and Phyllis? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, good. Well, I guess we don't need to do the second hour then. <laughs> now, well, expand on that, you know, because I... I yeah, let, let me, yeah, let me amplify this just a little bit. As bad as anger and hatred is, resentment is even worse. Uh, resentment, very interesting, the root word of resentment in the Latin is resente, and what that means is in your mind is to, to re-experience or feel twice. And... Um, Women are, women are far better at it than men are, not to say that men don't resent, because they do. But I, I often will tell this, I think it's kind of cute, but anyway, um, a husband and a wife uh, have been married for 25 years, and, and then um, they get into an argument over something that took place many, many, many years ago. And, um, and, and generally speaking, uh, whenever this took place years ago, um, the wife will know exactly what shirt you had on, what was on TV, and exactly what time it was 20 years ago. And where, where a man will commonly say, what argument? That, that's resentment. And you can always tell resentment because it's something, and you can catch yourself doing this. All you have to do is watch, become conscious, be objective to your own thinking thoughts. What do you constantly repeat in your head? And it's often if you had an argument with someone or somebody you don't agree with or, in other words, if it keeps reoccurring in your head, you keep having that same argument or whatever the dislike is, that's called resentment. And it is very destructive and I believe a major cause of most health issues because it's so stressful on the soul and it, 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 so, it robs you of your, your life force. Resentment is especially bad. And is hatred is bad, but resentment is long term. Right. And stress must be viewed as a disease causing entity. How do you like that? Well, I concur with that. Stress is, and that's one of the things. And again, I want to, for the new audiences just listening, we had Roy Master, excuse me, Roy Master, I need something to drink. Uh, Roy, Roy Masters on earlier, who is the founder of the Foundation of Human Understanding, who has made this meditation that we've been talking about available for, for well, I've, I'm, I'm going back 44 years. It's a meditation of objectivity. It allows you to become conscious of your own thoughts. And most people, when they're angry, they don't know they're angry. Or if they know they're angry, they don't know that there's something wrong. What is wrong angry. with your phone, Andrew? It's, it's, I, I don't know. It's making terrible static noises. Or maybe it's Phyllis's. I don't know. It, it, it's my fault, and everything's okay now. Oh, okay. That's right. It did go away, the static. Thank you. It's she, because actually, I'll it. tell you what it was. <laughs> she heard me say, I, I need something to drink. She brought me in some water. Isn't that sweet? 
Yeah, it sure is. I wish yep. I could bring have some brought to me. No, that's okay. I already had something that I shouldn't have had. To so I, I simply want to emphasize that what the the, the the blessings of the information that are available to all of us from the Foundation of Human Understanding. And Phyllis just reminded me also, for those interested, you can contact the Foundation by going to the FHU.com, Foundation for Human Understanding, FHU.com, where you have access to, to the to the, uh, the numerous books that Roy has written. And, and again, at this moment, I want to offer something, uh, one of those amazing books that I ever read by him was How to Control Your Negative Emotions. I read that, and I, it's all meat and no potatoes. I, I mean, it, and it just, it, uh, and, and there are a couple chapters in there. In other words, when I was talking earlier about being very troubled when I was much, much younger, and I realized there was something in me that isn't me, and uh, I had not heard from Roy, you know, prior to that. But in particular, there is a marvelous book. But the, the answer to what I was asking myself was, how did this get into me? And two of those chapters um, in this book is the real you and the not you. And the other one is implanted identity. That's how it gets in you. And through upset and trauma and yelling and arguing and parents and teachers and you know kids and they they make us emotional and make us angry and when when you get upset when you get angry that hell that has upset you gets in you that's how gel, uh, hell proje projects itself if you can ups upset someone with your anger that anger now goes into them. And, and that's how it builds inside the soul. So the whole point of the meditation is to, to teach objectiveness. That's, of how, your own. How, that's how resentment metastasizes. That's a very well said. That is so well said. And then Phyllis had a comment in earlier with the, from uh, Dave Michaels. Assume, jump on that. Yeah, yeah. I have the perfect example of what this, this exercise we're talking about, what it helps you do, which is incredibly useful in everyday life because we're constantly observing, we're observing beings. Um, and when you observe what's going on within yourself, you, by default, become objective to it. You have put some distance between yourself and the troubling emotion automatically. Uh, Dave had commented about what was in his mind sometimes. He might be out driving or going around, and, and this happens to us all. We see especially these days, a lot of people who are in unfortunate circumstances, you might see tents or uh, campsites of people, and it, it can bring about a lot of emotions, maybe frustration that something isn't being done or resentment or wishing you could do something, feeling powerless. All kinds of emotions can come up. And through this exercise, it helps us to go, oh, I'm, I'm feeling this feeling right now once you notice the feeling automatically you've put an arm's length distance between yourself and the negative feeling well said another michael another example of the importance of being secure within yourself most people look for security outside they want other people to like them and love them and that they get their identity from that and in other words, as long as everything is good in the world, you're good. But you tend to mimic the world. If things aren't good in the world, you're not good. 
And you need to be secure within yourself, and you don't need the outside world for security or identity because it's really all inside. An example of why this is important, there's an awful lot going on in the world today, a lot going on in our own country. And, and, and we, we hear about these things, and we see these things, and we're impotent to really do anything about it. So what happens commonly is people realize they really can't do anything about it, so they'll hate it. And then they feel like they've accomplished something to try to remedy the Wait problem. Wait a minute. What's the difference between hate and resentment? Resentment is long-term, and you, re you, you re rehearse those negative thoughts over and over and over and over and over and over, over a period of long, a long period of years, years. Hatred is something that you normally know immediately. You know it immediately. Resentment's more subtle. If the if the cashier at the supermarket doesn't say thank you and you resent her for not being polite, you may not realize that you've just struck that resentment. And then the next thing, somebody pulls out in front of you with the car and you know startles you. Now we have another resentment on top of a resentment, and it builds and builds and builds. And that's why it's so distracting. But back to my comment about dealing with the world, you have to be objective to the world. You can't engage it. And I was just saying that because people feel impotent about some of these terrible things that go on, they think hating it was it was justified in some manner, except you're the one feeling the hatred. That's what a lot of people don't understand. Now, some people like to hate. They, they really they, they glorify themselves by hating other people or circumstances. What people don't understand is when you're angry, you're the one feeling the anger, not the person that you're angry at. They could care less. They have no interest in it. They don't even know you. You're angry at them. That, that's why anger and hatred and really resentment are so destructive. And the importance of this meditation teaches you to be conscious of yourself that when you react poorly, you can't get away and pretend you did you that you that you did in fact react poorly because you're you're conscious of yourself. And it, again, it has everything to do with with um, self mastery and and and. Uh, being conscious, and if you catch it right in the minute, right in the second, if you catch it as soon as you get angry, and it, but you have to be willing to see it, you know, boy, look how I, you know, use the one where the car pulls in front of you, and see if you don't get really, I won't say what I started to say, but, and, you, and if you could just realize that, but most people get angry, and then they get angry for the rest of the day, and what took place, and they tell everybody about it, and repeat it over and over and over and over. Self-mastery is just essentially what, what meditation teaches you, so you can have control over your imagination and over your negative emotions. Ready for a caller, Andy? Sure. Okay, let's go to Nick in Santa Cruz. Uh, hey, Michael, can you hear me okay? Yeah, fine, Nick. Oh, you're, you're on. Great. I think you set us up, Mike. All go week ahead. you've been talking about why are people so pissed off irrationally towards Mr. T? Oh, uh, well, actually, um, uh, that was last week, or that was the week yeah, last before week, la yeah. last week. Right, and, I, and I guess it does sort of dovetail a little bit, huh? Right. <laughs> I'm thinking and about my, it. Thank you for bring, for pointing that out. Yeah, well, my response right away was, uh, Michael, you got to bring Roy back in because he knows how to help you deal with that. Like that brother was saying, like Andy was saying, how you deal with resentment and guilt and all those things that people manipulate you. Right. Wow. To trying to induce a response, an emotional response. So they're actually controlling you through your emotions. And you really have to see that, right? And the meditation helps you see it, like the brother was saying. And, and I, yeah, I, it, sounds, it sounds like you're you're very skilled with this yourself. I like what you just said. Well, 
I um, been practicing off and on for over 20 years, and I actually um, your 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 t- radio show used to have Roy on every afternoon, right? Oh back boy, we're really going back, aren't we? Yeah. Wait a minute, yeah, Nick. Like are you talking to Andy? Or are you talking to me? Both of you. <laughs> so you well do you, do you remember do you remember Andy's uh, show that's from over twenty five years ago called Facing Reality on this station? No. Oh no, I don't. No. Well, I've I've been after him to to you know re-energize yeah. that, uh, and uh, so yeah. so far I've been unsuccessful. But maybe uh, uh-huh. maybe with some more yeah. encouragement uh, from the rest of us pinging him. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we can do that yeah. because I think I think Andy is is Roy Junior or Roy Two Point is what I think. <laughs> well, if you're like not controlling your mind, who is? That was exactly. the slogan, right? Yeah, that yeah. Eric Sheck, who was a host, on, he was he was describing you once. He couldn't remember your name. He says, "Now that guy, uh, that, that guy you have on, uh, that mind control guy, you know." <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things about Roy, you know, he you all know that he started out as a hypnotist. Yes. When he came to right. this country, and the thing he said was, you know, when people were coming in my office, I realized they were already hypnotized. Yep. You remember that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that whole the whole hypnotism is based on um, a shock the hypnotist gives you through uh, authority, and then uses you know, that shock as an emotional response, and then he can give you suggestions. Yeah, and you start following that. Well, well his what, the the, the the what Andy and Phyllis have brought up that I should have last hour, but better late than never is fhu.com Foundation for Human Understanding which is a wonderful nonprofit organization that Roy set up many, many years ago. Uh, and that is the vehicle that he uses to share this information. Uh, right. You know, um, so, uh, yeah, and, and they're making arrangements, you know, uh, because Roy is, he's, he's up there, he's 91 years old, but as I said in the promo, he, he, I believe he's still clearly the, the, the Wizard of Oz and, yeah. uh, and is still totally with it. And he's sounding way better recently than he, than he did right. you know, the last right. time I talked to him because he had had a concussion. And he was right. struggling for words. A lot, and he's, he's amazing now. Uh, and, and he's not with it's us because like he, he had something else happening. And, and we... Right. Uh, you know, you heard our pre-recorded um, interview here that sort of deteriorated on his, his cell connection. So we're going to work on, on you know, getting him back uh, through a proper connection that will not deteriorate. <laughs> so, Michael, yeah. if I may, uh, we were talking earlier about post-traumatic stress disorder. And I, I think it's okay for me to say this because I know this was the policy and I think it, it still is. But if you're a veteran and you're suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, um, they will provide you the meditation on a CD at no cost. And I, I think if you were, because you, you can have stress disorder because of a car accident or a death or anything that is so traumatic, and I think if you were to tell the receptionist or whoever handles the phone calls, um, I think they'll, they'll, we'll send that to you at no cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I've they heard, will. too, so... Yep. Great. Hey, Nick, thanks for calling yep. 479-1080. Can I, can I add one more thing? Sure. You know, when I saw the movie Matrix, it it actually blew my mind. I, it was a total allegorization of, of what we're talking about. You know what I'm talking about, right? 
Um, I didn't see Matrix, but I remember, no. I remember being at a radio function, at a, at a radio industry function, with one of Roy's sons, Mark Masters, and he was very—he couldn't wait to get in to see that Matrix. So you want to do a yeah. real quick encapsulation, or what, while you're bringing it up now? Well, the whole idea is there's uh, the red pill and the blue pill, and in, in the Matrix was set up, and human beings had been put into these pods, and they were made into a, an energy source for the machine. And they lived in this virtual matrix and not in the real world anymore because of some catastrophe that had happened, a big war between AI and the human race. And um, so people start waking up to what's reality, and that's the Zion, and there's a big battle. Um, but it's an allegory it's, it's, what, it's, what's going on in our what? minds. It's one of Phyllis's favorite films all time. You would enjoy oh, cool. it, Michael. I will make it a point. I wonder if it's yeah. on Netflix yet. It probably is, huh? Oh, it is. It is. Good. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Thank yeah, you very much for calling. Uh, I encourage you guys to keep, you know, get that word out. <laughs> um, I'll drink to that. So, all right. Take care. Uh, here's Rory in Watsonville. Rory, welcome to the Saturday special. Always good to hear from you. Uh, like here the Andersons. I do have a, a couple points of difference. Uh, number one, anger is not always negative. There is a time for anger. And in fact, the scripture says, be angry, but sin not. So it's not a, it's not a negative emotion that's useless or always uh, detrimental or always damaging. How you handle your anger is the key. So I, I wanted to say that. Also, uh, I personally disagree with uh, uh, Roy because he comes right out and says, "Hey, you know, Jesus Christ is the Son of God, but He's not God." While in in the Gospel of John, Christ actually proclaimed Himself to be God. He said, "Before Moses was, I am," and he he was very distinct in his proclamation that he was God the Son. Yeah, so I, I disagree with that, and I think that eventually will, you know, Roy's going to, you know, he's not long for this world. I don't know when he's going to pass, but he will pass. And if he doesn't make peace with the living God through Christ, his son, he, he will die in his sins, and he'll be lost for eternity. I and think each one of us, I, each he, one of us has to face that. So... Uh, well, golly, I, I certainly didn't want to uh, allow the program to be um, hijacked either towards politics, and I didn't say this before, but I'm saying it now, religion. But I guess we started when I had, uh, you know, during during the pre-recorded interview with Roy, during which he uh, said to me, uh, he is not uh, he he is not God; he is the Son of God. Yeah, and he there, did say and there that. is a big it's difference. You know, That's it's okay, Michael. Said. Michael, it's okay. You've always allowed free speech on your on your radio, and um, we are religious beings. God made us that way by nature, and we have to worship. So all I'm saying is to anybody that's listening, these meditations may be helpful, but you're never going to find salvation within yourself. It's only through the sacrifice of Christ. In fact, as Christ was dying on the cross, what did he say? He said, Father, forgive them, they don't, for they don't know what they're doing. There was your ultimate forgiveness. I, I don't know if I could do that. If somebody was 
falsely killing me. I don't know if I have that within me. I, I, I want to get to that point. But there's your forgiveness. And he also said, pray, love those and pray for those who despitefully use you. And, and that's not an easy thing, even, you know, as Christians, for us to inculcate and make real in our lives. Andy and Phyllis, do we, do we want to steer away from this, or do you want to engage in this part of the discussion? It's up well, to you. Yeah. Um, first off, I've often, when I've spoken with people that are having difficulties and they're angry and hostile, and I will often mention that very thing about Jesus. By the way, Roy identifies himself as, as, a, as a Christian. Um, but I, I, I will say to them, because they're lamenting their difficulties, whatever that might be, and if it's appropriate, I'll say, well, think about what Jesus went through. The crucifixion is probably the most mean-spirited, difficult thing you can do to a human being because you die Someone's so rustling papers. You know, I don't know who's doing that, but who? Not, maybe they can, me. maybe they can, uh, you know, uh, mute their microphone. <laughs> gonna... Okay, it's not, it's not me. Okay. Um, anyway, to finish my thought, that uh, just what Jesus has had to endure, and because of the, the the cruelty of it, and then to say, "Forgive them, Father, for they they don't know what they're doing." And you realize if he'd gotten angry and hostile and cussed them all out, you'd never know who he was. Now he wouldn't have done that because he was, in fact, the Son of God. And right, the, and, the, and the sacrifice wouldn't have been complete. No question. So there's quite no question about it. The, the the devil took that which was not his to take, and because uh, because uh, uh, Jesus was innocent, we're we're fallen beings. Jesus wasn't. So and that's that's how salvation is available to, to us today, because because of Jesus. So no question about it. Rory, are you willing to um, hear a? Um, a uh, comment addressed to you that I received in an email just now. It says, Dear Rory, are you interested? Wait a minute. Rory, are you still there? Rory is gone. Who is there? Who's on the phone besides Andy and Phyllis? <laughs> no, some... uh, okay, well, here, here's what Andres says. Dear Rory, in the subject matter, Quit judging, Adonai Elohim. Roy talked about his experience hearing these words. Only God is judge. Rory is not God, but a part of God. And that's the email. I didn't realize that Rory had, had dropped off, but hopefully he, he is still listening. Um, let's take our next caller, which will be Jeff in Monterey. Jeff, welcome to the Saturday special with MZ and Phyllis and Andy Anderson. Yeah, good morning. Uh, I'm somebody, I stumbled across Roy like your guests there back in the 70s, and uh, I, I was totally blown away by the gentleman. And I, I want to make a couple comments since we've kind of wandered over into the religious side. And <laughs> Roy was a Jewish mystic. And mm -hmm. in the That's truest right. sense of the word, you know, we talk about his meditation and things like that. Which, you, said, which are all... you said was, you should say is, because he's still... Well, he, he is, he is, but you're not talking about that right now. He is a Jewish mystic. Okay. And, and, and he firmly believed in God. He firmly believed in salvation through Jesus. And he, he just came at it with a different way and provided a tool to help people to... to 
try to get to that state of being that, you know, would get you to salvation. But even anybody who is really familiar with him knows that he is by no means just some gentleman out there peddling a self-help kind of mentality. He is extremely religious man, you know, and, 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 you know, just truly a modern mystic. And um, I, I think your guests are fully aware of that, and I know that isn't a topic that you're trying to stray into because it really gets clouded and stuff like that. But, but I think it's important to know that Roy is, is truly somebody who believes in Jesus, the story of Jesus. The idea that Roy refers to him as the Son of God, you know, you, people can argue that little kind of minutiae in the Bible all day long if they want to. But um, it's it's really kind of irrelevant to people who look at the big picture, and um, that's just kind of all I wanted to say. And, and uh, you know, let your let your uh, guests discuss that aspect if they want to, since it tends to be more focused on the meditation. But the meditation is really just a path to the kind of knowing of bringing forth the kingdom of God that's within, and that's what that's what the meditation really is from Roy, is to find so that kingdom well of said. God within. That, that is so very well said. Because and anybody who's really listened to Roy for many, many decades, and especially when he was younger, he, he expounded on these things over and over and over again, while he expounded on the, the psychological and, you know, the emotional drama of people and lives and resentment and emotions and all that kind of stuff. But he's a, he's a whole package. If I, may add to, if, if I may add to what you said, because I so concur with what you just said, in particular the essence of the meditation is to teach people to live in the present moment and not in their imagination, not in the future, not in the past. And Absolutely. When you're, in the, when you're in the present moment, you are in the presence of God. True. That's where real prayer comes into play. When you're not in your imagination and living out whatever that dream, the dream stream, when you're in the present moment, you're in the presence of God. That's how you. That's how you communicate with God. You sit very quietly, right. and get out of get out of your ego, and you just let the Father advise you. Yes, and, and uh, I believe at at certain points, while Roy was not a master of the Bible by any means, he 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 showed in the Old Testament that it was a a, a very kind of broad um, reference to the medication that he spoke about and there's something back in jewish tradition about they used to wear a, a leather wrap on the right hand and something like that and yeah i don't know if you're familiar with that but i have one of those somewhere oh okay and what you do with that there's a, a thing i can't pronounce this correctly but it's called a thabobim or something like that mm -hmm. and that goes on your, your forehead your, the mind's eye exactly yeah and that's it, it there's there's a little it's a little chest and, and inside that chest are the ten commandments is it tefillin it's called thabobim or i forgive me i'm just not quite sure how to say that but i mean it's the exact same principle you just said it so well to hear you i'd forgotten that well, and that's why, right. yeah, I just want to, yeah. you know, it, and there's he's, this he's extremely leather. deep. <laughs> well, but there's a little strap, and it, it goes to your to your right hand. Exactly. And uh, and the right hand is designed that way, to which has control over the left side of the brain. Yeah, I, I remember mean, the, it, it, go ahead. the part about the 
thing on the forehead. I didn't realize it contained the Ten Commandments. But it has the Ten Commandments, yeah. And that's somewhere well, often, in the Old you know, Testament you know, and, and Jewish, you know, Jewish tradition and things like yeah, that. Yeah. Well, I know when, when we get a chance, sometimes we'll see in the TV or whatever, uh, when the, the, the Wailing Wall in Israel, and often you'll see uh, them up against the Wailing Wall and sort of bowing back and forth and, and saying whatever prayers. But they often will have that little thawaban. It, 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 by the way... That's where I first, that's where I last had one of those things. And I, I'm so ashamed. I, I don't have the name either well of that but when i when i was in in israel at at the wailing wall uh in 2011 i think it was uh july of 2011 um I, that's where i there were people having the, those strap things on their right yeah yeah and i was one of them well, yeah here's something that a lot again a lot of people don't probably know this but where you where they put that little thing on their forehead that's exactly where your pineal gland is which is called the master gland Right there in the very center of your forehead. The third eye. The third eye. Yes, absolutely. I mean, this is this is mystical stuff, but it, it, such... it, that's why I say he was a Jewish mystic. He never got yeah. into the the New Age kind of description of all everything he was talking about. But yeah. you know, he he went back to the Old Testament and and you know, being Jewish and was able to you know kind of modernize it just a little bit. Well, I'll and, tell you what and, else he said was that the New Testament is simply the completion of the Old Testament. In other words, there's a lot of answers that were not there in the Old Testament. Salvation is one of them. And that the New Testament has, the, with Jesus, brought the answer, made it happen. To, it completed the Old Testament. Yeah, yes. Well, what are there, 50 prophecies regarding, <laughs> yeah. you know, regarding the Messiah and all that kind it's, of stuff? It's just, yeah. it's just, it's just marvelous stuff. I, and I hope the people that have been listening that are inclined to look more thoroughly into uh, the foundation and the meditation of itself. When you learn to get out of and quit resenting the world and quit resenting people and circumstances that you're living in, and you're just not angry anymore, everything becomes very bright. And you yes. don't worry. If people could really understand, if you have a problem, don't worry about it because it's a false concern. It, it, yes. It, it, take, it takes up time. It wastes your time. The answers come to you uh, strangely, the quieter you get, um, there's a term for this, paradoxically, paradoxically, the quieter you get and the less you try to solve a problem, the quicker the problem gets resolved. But if you get upset and you get angry and you get impatient, time, here we are, now we're talking about time again, keeping in mind time, living in the present moment versus impatience, which is the speeding up of time within your own soul. Impatience, you don't, you know, we see it all the time in traffic and with other people when we get angry and impatient with them. And the point of all this is is, is to be still. Just True. quietly. And Roy was also, many, many times would discuss the fact that we truly live in a world where we are dealing with a palatable spirit of evil. That's for sure. Just yeah, look around he, us. Yeah. He, you know, it's not something he talked about a lot, but if you got him on the subject, he would. He would definitely say, you know, we're, we're dealing with the powers and the principalities of of, that, of Satan, that, who who was given dominion over Earth. Yeah, yeah. And and, and, boy, you know, and now it's it's really raising its ugly face in our own country currently. Well, yes, in a lot of different ways. But anyway, <laughs> a, a great source for Roy for people who don't really know a lot about him and yeah. want to see him and listen to him, you know, 
not only recently but many years back is YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. YouTube's a great source. So anyway, that was my thank, thank my you. two cents and a pat on the back for Roy and he'll Griffin. Soon... Re read the 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 note I meant I I sent to you on the on the screen on the phone screen, please. And, and yeah. Thank oh well, I, I'm not on any phone screen. I'm just on a landline. No, no, so. I was I was I was talking to Griffin Griffin Queener, the the pilot, oh, okay. the pilot in command here. Thank you, Jeff and Monterey. Appreciate All your right. call to four seven nine ten eighty. Here comes Tony and Live Oak. Hi, Tony and Live Oak. You're Hi, on, MG. You're on the air, and we are so excited. Oh, great. Uh, you know, I think you recall over the years that I've always tried to be positive whenever I call in. Always. Positive. Yep. Okay. Well, today is, might be an exception because uh, I heard the phrase facing reality as being one of uh, our subject's themes, and I... I I hear the entire program I hear in my mind, it's all Pollyannish because you've never, you haven't yet uh, focused on something that's real. I mean, that's, that would be an example of what you're trying to overcome. You mean, you mean uh, in this not, show or, or what are you talking yeah, about? You're, you're sure. Yeah, you, this show, you, I, I was going to propose one bit of reality that you could uh, use your theories on to see how, uh, how you handle it in your life. And, uh, so one one, it's a political thing, and I don't know if you want me. No, to let's not it, let's not go political, okay? I really don't want to. Okay. So um, okay, that, I, I let the I, it's a, it's my bad, and I do I've done no, it too no. much. Uh, can, can I let the show be high. Can, can Andy give us an example of something he handled, some terrible thing that occurred? Well, and, yes, uh, actually, I, philosophy. Yes, actually, I can do that. Um, sure. First off, we as human beings, uh, as we venture in, into this life, often do things that we deeply, deeply regret. Maybe they were criminal or the way we related to someone. Maybe we did something that was just terrible or immoral, whatever it might be. And then, and, 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 and give it an example. It sounds like Tony is breathing or, or moving the, the handset no. here. Okay, well, someone, someone is. So <laughs> please stop. I want to hear everything Andy's saying here. Um, the reason you have so much drug addiction and you have so much alcoholism in our country, I mean, it's all over the world, but certainly here as well, is because people have a terrible conscience. And they've often done things over a period of time that they regret, but they've not, they've not faced up to whatever this might be. Maybe they committed a crime. Maybe they molested a child. I, I'm just grabbing stuff here. And then they live with that terrible secret. Facing reality is having to face that truth about yourself and face it instead of running from it and grabbing another drink or a cigarette or food or culture or movies or tv you have to sit quietly and see what it is now if forgive me to better answer your question and i won't go into great detail but when i began to meditate many many years ago one of the things i discovered about myself was i was not a very nice man i was not and the way I treated females, I mean, my attitude about females was nothing but sexual conquest. I didn't have much thought about them. I didn't care that they were human beings. I just had my, I'm talking about when I was really, really young now, when I was, you know, we're talking through high school, and then I went up in the Navy in my early 20s and things like that. And I had to see the truth about myself. Was, I'm not a very nice man. That's it. That's called facing reality. And then that's what repentance is all about. You're willing to face what needs to be faced. 
And when you face it, you have a cry, you, you, you repent, you're sorry for it. You don't have to. You don't have to do anything else. You're free. You're free of that event or events, plural. That that's called facing reality. Most of the people in the world today work very hard at avoiding or running from facing the truth about themselves. It's as simple as that. That's why you have so much drug addiction. That's why why you have so much alcoholism. Culture, and if I may put it this way, when civilization dies, culture begins. And what I mean by that is this. To be civil is to be governed from within yourself. Here we are back again to be secure within yourself, be governed from within yourself. You shouldn't need all this external authority uh, in order for us all to function. But what happens then when you lose your civility, culture, meaning the world, the external world, it steps in to supply you with all the distractions so you don't have to face reality. That's what we're seeing today. Look at cell phones and all the technology and all the stuff that's going on today. I mean, you need to see all these people walking down the street staring at their, at, their, at their smartphone. So I hope that's a satisfactory answer. I could go even further about my own personal story, but this show is not about me. But okay. I, 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 Ho- hope that helps, Tony, and thank you for calling 479-1080. Our next uh, guest is named, uh, our next caller is... Um, uh, a man named uh, Alan here. I want to get this right so I don't ac- ac- accidentally drop him. Um, here is uh, Alan, whose last name is Masters. And he is the oh, uh, re- recently installed, <laughs> and he's Roy's one of Roy's sons, um, and has recently been installed as the uh, new um, uh, CEO or uh, uh, of the Foundation of Human Understanding. Hey, Alan, uh, welcome to KSCO. Good to hear from you. Good, hey, MZ. <laughs> thank you. I'm doing well. It's actually been two years now. And, wow. God. Yeah. I, I wasn't. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, well, even though we're at, we're a church, there's still the business of the church, if you know what I'm saying. There's there's uh, a lot of organization that has to go on. And, and of course, you know, my dad being almost 92, uh, he got to the point where he was just letting everybody else kind of do things, and there was really no nobody um, perhaps – giving direction the way that a businessman would. So he called me and he said, son, will you come help me? And I'm like, sure. I mean, I, I feel like I've been being prepared all my life to help my dad. And mm-hmm. so that it was kind of a joyous day. And it was kind of a day where my, my normal business life came, came to a crashing end because it takes a lot to run a nonprofit organization, mm-hmm. a church. And now we're, you know, we're starting with a, a, a prison outreach and we've been working with Patriot outreach for years and years and years that my father started. And it, it uses my father's meditation. I heard Andy talking about it. And he calls it coping strategies. And it basically is the meditation. And it saves thousands and thousands of lives in the military for folks with PTSD and their families. So Because uh, this has been going work, on for you know. many, many years, pro- probably going on 20 years now, right, Ellen? Well, Patriot Outreach, are you talking about the, uh, well, the, the military? Well, the, the helping the military with the, with the, with the observation exercise, yeah. Yes, helping the military has been going on for a long time, but he actually helped a, uh, a colonel, oh my gosh, back you know after Vietnam, and the colonel was going to commit suicide, and, and he didn't because he talked to my dad, and of course many years later he came to my dad and said, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here today as a colonel, and um, they, they together, my dad uh, empowered him to create this thing, Patriot Outreach, as a nonprofit also, and but we want to do more, we want to do more, 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 so... Um, that's what we're doing now. The, uh, the coping strategies is going to be, uh, 
available for those in prison and also for those, you know, out in the world anywhere. It's, it's really neat because it's been endorsed by every form of the military, and that's rare. Yeah, that's so, fantastic. Yeah. So, well, it sounds like there's some pretty um, uh, good good plans ahead for the FHU, for the Foundation of Human oh, Understanding. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, I, I forgot I should mention that they also uh, have the the meditation that you guys have been talking about. It's available at antidoteforall.com on the web. It's a seven-minute exercise. Um, and for those who want to learn how to meditate, uh, you know, I've been working with entrepreneurs for years and interviewing entrepreneurs and leaders of industry, and I find there's one common thread that all the, the, the most well-to-do and, and – uh, how do I say this? The ones that have uh, been so successful in business have one common thread, which is they meditate. And whether it's my father's meditation or, you know, something they've learned somewhere else, meditation is an important part of life. And you don't really know it until one day when you have all the pressure of the world on your shoulders and your head is going to explode and you don't know what to do and there's a tornado of thought going on and your eyes are twitching and you feel like, you know, just tearing your head off because it won't stop. And somebody says to you, hey, try this. And all of a sudden you find that calm, that peace where it says, you know, in the Bible, be still and know that I am God. You find that stillness. And that's the only way you can, you know, save yourself really is by giving, by yielding to God's greater power than yours. Because of yourself, you can do nothing. You can't help yourself. You have to yield. Would it be correct to say that there are unlimited brand, uh, versions of meditation well, there's all kinds. I mean, listen, there's some wacky things out there. I mean, you see people doing all kinds of weird stuff with incense and, you know, trying to catch a chicken and pull its feathers off and put whipped cream on it. I don't know what they do, you know. It's just there's some crazy stuff out there. That's why when you look at the crazy stuff and they say, oh, try this meditation, and you go, now that's crazy. You know, the thing about my dad's meditation is that it's just very simple. Sit in a chair, close your eyes, and be still. And it's, it's not much more than that. And uh, now, but again, it's did, yielding to a higher power. Did, did you did you learn that from your dad at an early age? Oh yeah, oh yeah. When I was just probably five, six, seven, eight years old. And the thing about my dad is, my dad he tapped into something as a young man that is available to all human beings on Earth. And it's so simply said: be still, be still. What is stillness? What is that calm? How do you find that calmness where you're 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 submitting to God to, to show you, to, to, to breathe that breath of understanding into your heart that, that shows you that you don't have to fight all this insanity at all. You don't have to fight against the world. I have what this, I think is a first step, Alan. Okay. S say no to stress. Exactly. Well, stress is a killer, as you know. Everybody's starting to learn that. You'll just soon die of stress as you will any other disease. Or a, a I, I was visiting your dad once about 12 years ago. No, four, 14 years ago. And he got really excited. He, he had just read something and he pulled it out. He didn't, you know, he would, I, I forgot where he read it. But he pulled out this quote and he showed it to me. And he says, does this excite you? I mean, this is so right on. And the quote was, Stress must be viewed as a disease-causing entity. Right. And it's rung, oh, it's rung through my head ever since that was shoved in my face by your dad. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, 
it's the absolute truth. And you know what? The, the best part about it is it doesn't take much brains to see that that's true. Anybody that's ever experienced stress. And I was listening to Andy, and I got to tell you, Andy, I, I love what I heard. I love the calmness. I love where you're coming from, and, and I'm just really happy to hear that in you. And, and uh, I think it's very accessible for, for anybody, really. It's just we're so busy trying to be God that we forget that we are not God, and, and we just have to realize, realize that we, if we don't yield to that higher power who, is in, who dwells inside of us, um, then we're just going to continue to struggle our whole lives. So very well said. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, Andy, uh, I would love to have you. I'm going to do some of my dad's programs here pretty soon, the uh, advice line. I would love to have you and MZ on that show. Let's do a flip, and let's flip the, the tables on you guys. Well, that's oh a fun idea. Oh, my God. I'm, well, wait a minute. Where people give us advice instead of us give them. <laughs> Is that what you mean by flip the tables, Alan? <laughs> That would work too. You know what? Listen, we got all together. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, that that'd be great. So, um, th there's there's quite a number of people who have been profoundly positively affected by your dad, uh, who are capable of doing the this you know the advice line program. Now that's been going on for for how many years now? I mean, in oh, I think fifty five plus fifty five years plus. My yeah. dad's the dean of talk radio. Really, at the end of the day. And and he's he's been recording some some partial shows. You know, he just gets tired easier these days. And gosh, you know, he's ninety, almost ninety two years old, and um, he is the ever ready bunny. But his batteries are getting a little low. But you know, it's it's funny. I was listening to Andy, and I I uh, my wife said something to me the other day that was just beautiful. And, and I I'm going to try and you know bring it to you here. I was very frustrated about something that was going on. You know, and I was carrying all that frustration and. My wife says to me, you know, he says, she says, you need to give that up to God. She says, you're carrying all this, and you're not going to be able to do a darn thing about it. And, she, and uh, she says to me, you know, if you give that up to God, he'll put the peace in your heart that you're looking for. And she says, and that's what you're supposed to bring home to your family, not the angst of the day of business, not the angst and the, and the anxiety of all the garbage that's going on in your life. You're, su you're supposed to come home to your family and bring them God's peace that is in your heart because you're supposed to be a conduit. And, you know, if you don't, if, if you don't have peace, peace in your heart, how can you give that to somebody else? And so I want to find that peace and I want to have it in my heart and give it to my family. That's the kind of leader I want to be in my family. And I think that's what kind of leader we need, you know, in the world is a person that can find that peace. Nobody's going to find it on their own. You have to yield, yield over to the power that is greater than you, that you can find through meditation and through being still and knowing that he is God. It's pretty darn simple. I don't know why everybody has such a big problem with it. Is it so it simple world. that even I can understand it? No, I don't think you can do it, Michael, but I know that Andy's got it. Okay, fair yes, enough. Yes, you can do it. <laughs> that's that's what you call a left-handed problem. I like I like to say that to people. No, really, it's so simple. Even you can understand it. That's great. So, anywho, uh, well, it sounds like there's all kinds of good stuff ahead, uh, and we we had a we had a wonderful thing with your dad a, a couple days ago that we pre-recorded. It's too bad the phone line went to hell after you know in the middle of everything but now i know why right. george nori of coast to coast which your dad used to own your dad's you know basically started that program with art bell am i right 
Right, the Art Bell Show, right. Yeah. Um, and yep. sold out to Premier Radio Networks uh, quite a number of years ago. Um, yeah, like 20-some-odd years, yeah. Yeah, and, and George, who's a good friend of mine who runs the show now, um, has this this hatred for uh, cell phones on his show. And, and I was wondering why... Why cell phones? Some cell phones sound better than landlines, but now I well, know. I mean, now I know they they all degrade. They degrade with time, and all of George's interview, mo most of his interviews, are extent. You know, are long ones, so they they tend to degrade. No wonder he hates the damn cell phones. Right. Well, let me say this: it's really, and I. <laughs> But before you leave, I want to know, I, I've got to ask you this question. Alan, yes. this is a serious question. Do you think okay. attempted suicide should be a capital crime punishable by the death penalty? <laughs> wow. I really have to... <laughs> All right, very good. Now there's there go there goes Alan, and here comes John in Watsonville. John, welcome to the Saturday special with uh, MZ uh, with the Andersons and MZ. Hi guys, listen. I just was washing the car out in our beautiful sunshine today while I was listening to the beginning of the program. And Michael, you mentioned something about resentment. I went to a meeting of a certain group this morning, and that's what we were talking about, resentments. I heard two things. Resent, uh, uh, um, expectations are the foundation for resentments. And the second thing that I heard was resentments block gratitude. i got to tell you, if you have no gratitude for anything in your life, you are bound to be a miserable human being. Yeah. And because there's nothing beyond you. It's yeah. all within you, and that's what you guys are talking. You know, I mean, the whole thing about religion and different spiritualities. I am a Christian, Catholic, as a matter of fact, and I definitely believe in God, but it, gratitude is the key. And you guys had a great show today, and I got my truck clean as a whistle, and thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you for tuning in, and thank you for appreciating. Some, some people said to me when I told them about this program, oh, that's boring. Well, okay, it might be boring to some people who are, well, I'm going to be like Trump now. Shallow people. I'm going to, I'm going to attack the people who, who attack me. <laughs> no, they weren't attacking me. They were, they were just saying it doesn't sound like it'll be all that interesting. To me, there is nothing more interesting than understanding what is within and what makes us us and how we can be the best at being us by understanding, you know, how things work, you know. Um, so uh, what, what can I say? Um, the Andersons and I uh, have been uh, very good friends for many, many years. Um, it all started, Andy repeats it, uh, that, you know, I went to sell advertising to Phyllis once when she was, uh, uh, you know, uh, a type. What, 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 what was Phyllis? A graphic art? A graphic? Uh, uh, graphic artist. Yeah. And... Uh, and then one thing led to another, and uh, we've had it's been been a wonderful we've had a wonderful ride together, you know, here on on radio and on Kate with KSCO and with ZBS and with Longevity and with Doc Wallach, and uh, they they have become uh, as have so many others through the Longevity Company, um, 
some of the best friends of my life. So I'm very, very um, honored to have, um, you know, hung out with you guys. <laughs> so well, you know, hopefully there will be a lot more of that, you know. So. Yes, well, there certainly will be. Michael, and, and, and forgive me here for just a moment, but I, as you were saying that, I wanted to p point out that in July, Phyllis and I entered into our 23rd year working with Doc Wallach, Longevity, and you. 20, we're in our 23rd year. That's how good this is. It's, this is just perfection. As a business goes, it's sheer perfection. Yeah, and, and you feel good because you're helping people along the way. Oh, we, we, do, what, we, do, oh we do well, and we do so much good along the way, and that's oh, what I get, really love. Hey, there's only 30 seconds left of the program. Thank you so much for being with us, and, and we got to do this more often. We really Okay, do. let's do think? it. Wow, yeah. did I hear right? Holy Christmas. Yes. All right. So <laughs> this isn't the right uh, closing, but it's. I'll just do it myself like I did, li like I did last uh, week. That's all, folks. Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> KSEO Santa Cruz, Alinas, Marvel, San Jose. Uh, here